Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It is Monday, April 12th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today we catch up with Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore, who cover the Kansas Jayhawks. KU's coming off a busy week with players entering and leaving the basketball program through the transfer portal. Ochai Abaji and Jalen Wilson entering the NBA draft. Plus, the Jayhawks are in the market for a new assistant coach with Jarrett Howard taking a job at Texas. Oh, and there was also the hiring of Travis Goff as the athletic director. We discuss it all with the KU beat writers on today's show. Let's get started. Um, all right, uh, among the, the, the news, maybe we'll go a little bit in, in uh, reverse uh, chronological order here. Let's talk about the transfer portal. Uh, uh, Jalen Wilson's the latest. He follows Ochai Abaji into the tra- – not to transfer portal. The, the, the I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the NBA uh, casting their name in the, at the NBA draft. And, Gary, take us through the um, uh, take us through the timeline here. How long do they have to stay in the draft? Uh, uh, and, and can they get an agent and still come back to school? What, tell us about that. Yeah, you can get an agent as long as he's approved on the NCAA list of approved agents. Uh, you can uh, you can deal with the agent and then let the agent do stuff for you until you decide to come back. Then I think you have to, I don't know <laughs> if it's drop the agent or what, but uh, yeah, you can have an agent, but... Uh, he has to be on the list. I was talking to a dad of one of the former players who went pro early, and he said um, it's not a great list to pick from. So hmm. I think uh, Ochai and Jalen are probably like all college players or most in that they would like to go pro. I mean, in a perfect world, if they get told during the process – that they're going to get picked, I think they would love to go. But I think uh, both, although we haven't talked to them, uh, I think both would come back probably if the verdict is that they're not going to get drafted or maybe even if they're only going to get picked late second round. So don't know for sure about that. But uh, as of now, they're in the draft. I think you have until – July the second week, or maybe the third week now. Jesse might know it's July nineteenth. Yeah, so that's that's what I think's going on. Have we have we seen either of those players pop up in any mock drafts? I know we're we're talking about the the least scientific way of of gauging an NBA team's interest in a in a player, but um, with short of talking to NBA scouts. Um, um, who aren't going to show their hand? Um, do we? Do we have? Do, do they appear in the? Certainly not in the first round, I would think, but maybe in the second round for you know Baji or Jalen Wilson. I really haven't seen anything for Jalen Wilson. Uh, Ochi, I have seen pop up in some second rounds, but I think that was probably a little bit uh, a few months ago rather than right now. So I, I mean, I think Abaji is probably the one that has more of the potential to potentially do it just because you see the NBA sort of athleticism. He can shoot the basketball. He might be kind of one of those rare guys where, uh, you know, the, the fit at the next level, you could see it because it's, it's sort of a role player and, and the type of guy that 
teams can use. You know, he can slide defensively. Uh, he can make athletic plays in transition, and he can shoot the basketball and then defend his position, which, you know, you can fit some really good pieces around those types of guys. But as Gary said, you know, they both are leaving themselves open to come back. And I do want to make it clear, you know, we hear about this all the time. It's, it's, it's a little frustrating, I think, to me to kind of read this stuff sometimes. And I know it's sometimes it's social media, so it's just it's just social media chatter. But it seems like fans build these guys up all year, talk about how great they are. And then the minute that they declare to go to the pros, they talk about how horrible they are and how, what are they going to the pros for? What, what, what do they think they're going to do? Well, I'll tell you what Ochai Abaji thinks he's going to do. He's going to get some feedback. He's going to figure out what he needs to do better. He's going to get some NBA training. And then if things don't work out for him, he's going to come back to Kansas. So, I mean, the way the rules are set up right now, it's almost foolish to not take advantage of this. I mean, Ochai Abaji absolutely should be testing the waters, whether he's coming back or not, because it's free for him. There's no penalty to not do it. And he still has till July 19th to come back and decide whether he wants to go to KU or not. So, uh, again, these are sort of common sense type decisions unless you're a guy like Devonte graham a few years ago where he just knew he wanted to come back to kansas he knew he wanted to play his senior year if you know it then you might as well announce it early on and kind of help the coaching staff out but if if you really don't know and you want to get more feedback or to go through these workouts it makes a lot of sense to test the waters like these guys are doing yeah gary that's how about some other examples of kansas players who have gone through this process and have returned to ku I think Dotson did his freshman year, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. yeah, who that comes to mind right away, Devon Dotson. Uh, Jesse might know I'm going a little blank on well, some of these guys. Did, did Doak do it as well? or Doak was a weird one um, <clears throat> because he's been hurt for so many of those years. Uh, Quentin Grimes is actually an interesting one. I mean, he did the process and then ended up transferring, but that's kind of uh, a different one for Kansas. But, you know, they have had guys through the, go through this process and then decide to come back. But Dotson's a really notable one because KU was sort of up in the air with its roster at that time. And if he didn't come back, it was going to be a real question mark at the point guard position. And then he ended up coming back to Kansas, you know, figuring out the feedback. And uh, again, he's an interesting case because he came back, went to Kansas, was an All-American, left, and then didn't get drafted. So these things really are a crapshoot, uh, but it does make a lot of sense for these guys to go out there and, and get that feedback, figure out what they need to get better at, when they need to work on what the next level thinks about them. And again, because there is no penalty to it, uh, the really the only one that's really hurting is the coaching staff. And at this point, the way that Bill Self has filled up his roster, which I'm sure is what we're going to get to here in a second, KU is kind of okay. I mean, they would love to have Ochai Abaji back. They love to have Jalen Wilson back. But the way they've been roster packing lately, uh, they're kind of making plans in case those guys don't come back too. Indeed, roster packing is a good way to put it. Um, so in the last uh, week or so, Joseph Yasufu, is that how he pronounces it? Um, Yesufu. Yesufu. Thank you, Jesse. I, um, he had the, the play of the game in Drake's win over Wichita State in the – in the first four game, a, a dunk in the first half over a, a, a bigger uh, Wichita State opponent that really kind of woke Drake up and helped them get that first round, first four victory. He has joined the Jayhawks. He's a six foot uh, tall guard, but not necessarily a point guard. Um, he only averaged 1.8 assists last year. Gary, what do we know about uh, what do we know about him? I think he took over as the starting point in February when. Okay. Uh, the guy when uh, the starter got hurt, but 
uh, I think he's known for his athleticism and, uh, he ended up averaging about 12 a game, I think 12 points, but I think, uh, in your 40% three point range, I think he's just known as an up and comer. Really? He, he's, uh, he wasn't ranked coming out of high school, but everybody's going on his last nine games where he exploded and did real well. Yeah. And like I said, he had the highlight play in this, in the, in the Drake NCAA tournament victory. Um, is he is he a potential starter? Uh I would think so. Um like Bill Self said last week, a lot of these guys that you get via the portal have proven it a lo- at least proven they can play college. So he might be right in there with uh Dewan Harris and Bryce Thompson and Bobby Pettiford, another new guy. Yeah, yeah, Blair. I think he's. Yeah. I, I think he's probably the biggest offseason get they've had so far. You know, if you look at Bill Self and the roster that they had last year, they and the roster they're putting together this year, the missing piece is a point guard, and not only a point guard, a scoring guy. Uh, just because the two areas that KU really struggled last year was getting in a pick and roll setting and have that point guard break down a guy and get to the rim and score and or find his teammates. Uh, Dewan Harris got better at that at the end of the season, but he was not great at that early in the season. And obviously he's not a guy that can score for himself. But if you look back and the the successful teams that Bill Self has had, there's always a Frank Mason. There's a Tyshawn Taylor. There's a Sharon Collins. There's a guy who can go get his own off the dribble. And that's really where Yesifu thrives. I mean, he's a 39% three-point shooter for last season when he emerged on the scene late. But uh, his assist numbers aren't amazing, but he's a guy that has a floater game. He can get to the rim. As you said, he can explode to the rim, dunk over a guy, show some of that athleticism and that's the kind of piece that bill self was missing so you can look at their front court they've got a ton of guys you can look at the wing they got a ton of guys but i think they could use an immediate point guard starter and it seems like yes if it was a guy who could step in and do that right away push dewan harris into a backup role which should suit him just fine he's kind of seems fine as being a role player so i think this is the biggest get KU's had this offseason we'll see how he performs at a higher level but uh, i think he has the potential to start right away and be that sort of scoring guard that KU really lacked last season Drake and KU had this in common in the NCAA tournament. They both got waxed by USC. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, Cam Martin's the other when, when the other interesting newcomers. We talked about him last week, the transfer from um, from University of Jeff Boshi. So that was yeah. um, uh, Missouri Southern. Um, so, okay, hey, let's take a break here, guys. And when we come back, there's a couple other topics I wanted to uh, ask you about. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. 
Hey, we're back with Gary Bedore and Jesse Newell who cover Kansas. But before we get off the transfer portal, um, let, let's talk about what we what might be coming down the pike here. Gary, where does it stand with uh, Christian Bishop? His mom told me that he's added three teams. So uh, he's got a list of about 10 to 12, I think. KU Missouri are both on the list. Uh, I think from what I could tell, they're actually you know, doing the process and talking to a lot of schools. So Illinois is in there, some other schools. Uh, she said that he was going to narrow it to three. A lot of these transfer portal guys just hear the school they really like and grab it. But I don't know if he's going to do that or or narrow it to three like she said. Uh, she was saying a lot of good choices. So I'm not sure if Bishop is – is leaning toward KU like everybody says or or not. Um, so I would guess his next move will be to narrow it to three this week. Okay, he'd be one of the big prizes, I guess, of the uh, of the of the transfer um, in the transfer world, the transfer acquisition. But uh, uh, playing it out, that's it's interesting that uh, Mizzou and Illinois also on the list for for Christian Bishop. Well, something I've been waiting to ask you guys about, and because I get asked about it a lot, um, there have been the last few you know, week or so, uh, involves Jarence Howard, the former Kansas assistant. I say former because he is now uh, on his way to Austin uh, to work on Chris Beard's staff at Texas. Um, I didn't, you know, the, the a lot of times now, we just we just see coaches and schools talk in statements. Um, I, I assume, assume we haven't had a chance to talk to him, or any did anybody in the in the Austin media talk with Jaren's Howard about this? I don't think so. I've called him three times, nothing. So uh, about ready to give up. He's a grown man, and apparently he doesn't want to talk. <laughs> but I I really don't know. I just think after eight years at a place a guy that's as young as Jarrett's would love to have a head coaching job right now. Uh, he doesn't have one. Not sure how many jobs he's, he's gone down to the final couple, but uh, I think in his case, after eight years, maybe he wants another perspective, but uh, I know Bill liked him. He coached him at Illinois and Jarrett has brought in some some good recruits, like all those assistants get put in charge of different recruits. And uh, I don't know if he just wants a change or what, but uh, Bill has a lot of guys to pick from, obviously, and and uh, they're not at odds or anything, I don't think, because. Jarrett's wouldn't want to do that anyway. Bill So is a guy everybody likes. And it was a mutual move. Bill didn't try to stop him or anything. So I think everybody's just wishing him well. And like when Hootie went to Texas, you know, you just move on and Bill will get a new assistant. And that'll be it. Have you heard anything, uh, Jesse, about this? Uh, 
Well, basically, it's what Gary said. And again, the same thing. Usually on these sorts of things, you call up the assistant coach and they'll say something, you know, they'll, they'll talk and explain things well. I, I've heard the same thing that Gary has, which is, you know, he's pretty young. He's around 40, 39 or 40. He was on one of these under 40 lists. And so I do think he wants to run his own program. It's probably um, in his mind to go do that. And maybe this will give him an opportunity to uh, be known in a different way and, and maybe get that opportunity a little bit sooner. I think what is fascinating, Bill Self talked about this last week at AD Travis Goff's introductory press conference, but he was really encouraged by the number of people that had reached out to him for the opening. And so I would expect KU to hit a pretty big home run with whoever this assistant coach hire is coming in. I, I think Self probably got a little bit more interest than he thought. He talked about a little bit kind of like a roster move with it too, saying maybe they can address some things on their coaching staff that they've been missing lately. He didn't really go into details about what that would be, but I know there's at least been whispers out there about Joe Dooley coming back and rejoining the gang. So um, if it was something like that and then bringing in an old, reliable guy who's really good with the X's and O's that Bill Self trusts a lot, then uh, that sort of thing I think would be good on all fronts. But uh, yeah, Jarrett's obviously helped KU out in his eight years and was uh, beloved by a lot of the players here especially. So um, he'll be missed, but I think Bill Self was encouraged by the potential person that could fill his place. Well, and how about the, the staff that Chris Beard has assembled at Texas? In addition to you know getting Jaron Howard out of Kansas, he's hired two head coaches, basically. Two, two guys left their head coaching jobs to, to join the staff at Texas, including um, Rodney Terry, who's at UTEP. Kansas saw him, right, the last game of the regular season. And, um, and the other one was the, the Texas Arlington coach. Um, so uh, is Chris Ogden. So uh, look, that's a, that's a pretty impressive um, hiring. If you can get guys to leave their head coaching jobs and think they've got a better situation, I have no doubt that Texas will pay them better um, yeah. for sure. But um, I was having a conversation with someone over the weekend about what, Chris Beard's presence at Texas means to Kansas, right? In the big 12 and look, Baylor coming off the national championship. We know that Baylor is, uh, they're, they're staying power. Scott Drew's had that program up and going now for, for quite a while. Chris Beard credentials are, are terrific. You know, got, got to the national championship game you know, two seasons ago, previous tournament lost in overtime in the title game. Um, you know, I, I, we, we, the uncertainty of Kansas with the, uh, pro, you know, with the uh, sanctions looming or the, the uh, announcement of sanctions looming, it just seems like the, 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 the center of gravity, if there ever was one in the Big 12, is shifting to Texas. And, um, and, and the hiring of, of Chris Beard uh, by the Longhorns is a heck of a move. And uh, they're, they're in it to win it now. I, um, I, I think that... Um, uh, what we're looking at is a maybe a uh, assuming Kansas can maintain a level of a standard that they've they've had for under self uh, for, for as long as he's been there. Quite a rivalry between Texas and Kansas, one that's sustained. And Kansas has always wanted to beat Texas, but I think you know the, the series suggests that you know it's not been a you know, it's it's not been an even match, right? I mean it's. Uh, Texas did sweep the regular season series this year. They would have played in the Big 12 tournament had Kansas not had to pull out. But Texas-Kansas, I think, can be the, I don't know, the Midwest-Duke-Carolina uh, going forward. Uh, is that is that too much to to suggest? I mean, it 
Texas has everything there. I mean, everybody knows that. Like, you can get the resources. You can have the things. They're getting their new arena built up pretty quickly. You know, at the time, I thought, and this is, you know, where I went wrong. I, I really thought Shaka would succeed at Texas. I, I did. I And the thing about him was he got recruits in there. They just didn't really have the on-court success everybody expected. And that led to him going to Marquette. And obviously, the uh, the loss in the NCAA tournament early uh, to an in-state school did not help things with that. But I think these big jobs, I, to me, if you're looking at the Bill Selfs, the John Calipari's of the world, the Tom Izzo's, what makes those guys, what separates those guys to me is it's one thing to get recruits. And again, these schools are going to help you because they are blue blood programs, but you still have to go out and recruit. And, you know, Bill Self's done a great job with that. John Calipari, all those sorts of things. But you have to get recruits in and then you have to get them to play hard. And I think that's was part of the problem that Shaka had. Shaka brought in guys and they didn't get them to play to the level that they needed to play. I mean, they were getting five-star recruits, but it's a different level. I mean, if you look at sort of Chris Beard and his history, it's sort of grungy. You know what I mean? The guy was a Juco coach. He's been around everywhere. He's moved jobs. He just continued to move up the ladder. And even Texas Tech, it's kind of like a, a lunch pail, you know, kind of like a Mark Mangino program. You know what I mean? Like they are going to, they're out in West Texas and they're going to just grind at you and they're going to scrap at you defensively and take charges and, and do all these sorts of things. And again, that, that's sort of that's probably where the Shaka thing kind of lost its way a little bit. You know, Shaka was havoc and VCU and fly at you and do these crazy defensive things, and then he got to Texas and and maybe tried to revolutionize himself a little bit, and and it worked at times. I mean, Texas had some the last two end of the regular seasons. Texas was really good. Um, they just sort of had the the postseason, uh, you know, fall on their faces. But uh, that's going to be the challenge for Chris Beard. Can he sort of keep that? lunch pail mentality, like grinding thing when you are at Texas and you're getting all the recruits and you're getting all the players and you have every resource available to you. So uh, again, we'll see. Uh, there's been coaches where it's worked. Obviously, Bill Self has moved on to a, a school like Kansas. Same sort of situation. You know, Illinois, you know, they kind of had that big, rough, tough, you know, grind you down sort of thing. And at Kansas, he's gotten recruits, gotten to play hard, and it's all worked out in the end. So that'll be the question mark for Chris Beard. But if anybody was out there that I would bet on succeeding, it'd probably be him. So I, I thought Shock would work, and it didn't. But I, I would not bet against Chris Beard again at Texas. And again, he's worked without resources. Uh, now that he has them, I, I would think it's going to work out too. Okay, let's wrap it up with, um, I, I have not talked to you since Kansas uh, hired Travis Goff. We, we're, um, Gary, did you go over to the press conference? Yes, yes. What were your, what were your impressions? Uh, I thought he was a great speaker. Uh, didn't give a lot of specifics about football, but he did probably say the smartest thing he could, that he wants to assess what's going on here and it'd be presumptuous of him to come racing in and say that for sure he needs a new head coach instead of the current interim coach. Uh, so he was, you know, he was friendly, funny, did a good job trying to win the press or not trying to win the press conference, but they always talk about, did he win the press conference? And I think from talking to KU fans, he did. They liked what they saw and he said all the right stuff and uh, Bill Self likes him, I think. And now I would guess uh, he needs to tackle this football thing and solidify whether he wants to keep the current interim coach who everybody likes or uh, bring in a new coach right away. So, which 
would be interesting at this moderately late date because KU's got about 10 or 12 guys that are pretty good players. And whenever there's a new coach from outside, you usually lose a bunch of them. So I, I, I just said hi to him on the way out because we have a common friend in Jay Hendricks. And uh, that was about it. I thought it went well for the new AD and we'll see what happens. Yeah, Jesse, we've spent a half hour talking basketball, but the real first big challenge for Travis Golf is football, right? And the biggest challenge for Kansas is football right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they have so many challenges, you know, they <laughs> football right away. And then the NCAA case is going to come at some point. Obviously, the Bill Self extension got signed before he was on board, but Big 12 realignment could be popping its head up in a few years. Uh, oh, by the way, pandemic, $30 million less in revenues this fiscal year. So, yeah, Travis Goff is, uh, uh, hope he was ready to, to hit the ground running because that's what was going to be required of him. Uh, just briefly on him, it's it's a pretty good fit. Um, again, we don't know who Kansas talked to. There might have been better candidates. We have no idea. I mean, we're not in on those meetings. But for Travis Goff, he just kind of checks a lot of the boxes that I think a lot of people would like because he's a KU grad, which I think was important in this moment to donors because of what Jeff Long did. It just The connection to Kansas really was never there. So to get a guy who understands the Jayhawks stuff, and even hearing him on radio, it's sort of, you get it. Like I remember, and this is not his fault, but like Jeff Long in his introductory press conference talked about bringing all the fans from Fayetteville, you know, to, to, to out to the games. And it's like, Travis Goff's not going to make that mistake. Like he, he got a KU degree, you know, like that's just, he's already ready to hit the ground running with that. And, and that's not going to be a problem, but it was so interesting. I, I listened to him on a, a radio interview at eight ten, and it, it, it struck me right then for public speaking, Gary talked about it. It was sort of political almost because he was very engaging. He directly answered questions and he gave very few answers. So it was like, it was, it was like a very professionally done, um, done thing where he knew he couldn't say much, but yet eloquently didn't say much, which is kind of like what you want him to say if you're Kansas, you know what I mean? But it hit me then like during this interview, he was self-deprecating at times he would use the interviewers' names uh, immediately. He would engage with them. He, you know, he, he understood when to, 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 to directly answer questions and kind of when to not take things seriously. He's the closest thing that Kansas has had to a Bill Self interview since Bill Self. And if you heard Bill Self talk about him afterwards, after that introductory press conference, as Gary said, Self loves him. I mean, he loves him. And, and I can understand why. They have a lot of the same qualities. I know Goff is only 41, um, so he's he's definitely closer, uh, you know, around my age, uh, just a little bit older than me. But Self, for a long time, has carried the freight in the Kansas Athletic Department when it comes to PR. I mean, he has. And there's been times with Shane Zenger, he was basically the AD. He would come out in front of the microphones and speak in that sort of role. So, and, and Jeff Long, obviously, there were some missteps there. We, you know, we don't have to over, go and rehash everything. The Snoop Dogg or the messaging after the Sylvia de Sosa event and apologizing for all those sorts of things. But there were times when obviously uh, Bill Self's message and Jeff Long's message kind of butt against each other. But um, I, I think for right now, again, it can be the honeymoon period, but Travis Goff has come in with a good first impression. And obviously uh, that was, it's something that has impressed Bill Self and he understands sort of where that sort of speaking skill can get you and how much that is important because Bill Self in his own right has used that to his advantage and 
done very good things for Kansas and been a good PR representative for Kansas because he's been able to do that same sort of thing. So a lot of tough decisions coming for Travis Goff. As you said, Blair, football is the number one uh, thing, and that should be, I would think, in the next week they're going to make some sort of announcement, a week or two. Uh, But yeah, a lot on his plate right away. But so far, I think so good in the media settings and him being a KU donor, or not a KU donor, KU grad, is definitely not going to hurt him. Well, like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he's the first KU grad to be an athletic director since Bob Frederick. And, Gary, I think you'll you'll agree with me that if yeah. you're comparing someone to Bob Frederick, I know Vahe did that in his column, Vahe Gregorian, um, that, that that's a pretty high compliment. Yes, and that was a good column, I thought. If anybody hasn't read it yet, might want to check it out. Uh, Vahe did a nice job, and Bob of course, was the greatest guy on a lot of national committees, upstanding man. Roy Williams says he's the finest man he's ever known. Still, he says that. Yep, exactly. All right, guys, great conversation. We'll, we'll do it again soon. Thanks. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap, too. Jesse Newell and Gary Bedore for stopping by and talking Kansas athletics. Hey, we got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. But Sports Pass, it's the star sports section online on kansascity.com. All the stuff that appears in the print editions of the star, plus additional coverage that only appears on kansascity.com. After three months, the deal, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it is a great time to subscribe. The Royals are off to a good start. Our local colleges are always making news. And of course, it is never not Chiefs season. So how do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product, sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So, Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we will be back on Tuesday with another episode.